Hello, this is Michael Rain and welcome to a special edition of the Outdoor Lives podcast. Today, this is me talking. And the reason I'm talking today is people have been asking me about the forthcoming book, The Mountain Leader, A Practical Manual. The book is due, it's been printed now as I speak. This is the last day of March. It'll be at the distributors on the 14th of April. And I'll be posting them out the week after that to those people who've pre-ordered. But I've already been asked, um, why did you write the book? How long did it take to write the book? Who is the book aimed at? Um, If you can't wait for the book to come out, it is actually on um, Patreon right now as an audio book. I've been releasing a... Chapter a month uh, in audio form. Uh, the last, the chapter four will go live tomorrow at uh, I think seven a.m. It is. It's an hour and twenty. It's the environment chapter, and uh, that's there if audio is is what suits you. So that's that's an option. Uh, to do that though, you'd have to join my Patreon channel, and I hope that's something you might think about doing. Okay, so why did I write the book? Well, it was a bit of a bit of a process, really. It didn't start straight away as the book it's ended up. I've spent quite a few years working on mountain leader training assessment courses and all the others, mountaineering instructor and the SBA, now the RTI. I've spent time sitting on the boards. I've sat on... MTUK, MTE, and mostly on mountain training, Comrie. So over the years, plus reassessments and working on workshops and things, I've, I've accrued quite a lot of experience. One of the brilliant things about working at Placer Brennan was always that we'd get um, to work with other people, to work with other instructors, to work with experienced people, to work with people who were new, and to work with people who'd worked in different environments. So... I think, um, certainly when I was there, they were doing a pretty good um, ML training course. And what I wanted to do was capture some of that. We'd often use flip charts for, for brainstorms and things like that. And I used to go in and photograph them and, and wonder what I could do with all that information, all that knowledge, all that experience. And that, you know, that's also from the people coming on the courses as well. Um, I guess things have changed a little bit now. There's quite a few ML providers doing what seems to me a really good job. Uh, the independents have sort of taken over the market and I've uh, spent quite a bit of time with Stephen, Helen, Howe and I know a lot of the others, Andy Newton, Phil George, some of the newer ones, Sam Leary, uh, Leading Edge and, um, uh, you know, listen, if I start naming people, I'm going to miss somebody out, aren't I? Uh, but I've interviewed some on the podcast, you can look back at them and there'll be more to come on the podcast in the future. So, um, it seems to me like mountain leader training and assessment is in a really healthy place at the moment. But the book Hill Walking is more aimed at mountain leader trainees and people wanting to get in hill walking. You know, the title reflects a, a broad aim to sell a book which is useful for, for all hill walkers uh, and certainly for those learning. What I wanted to do was capture some of that knowledge and experience that has been delivered on ML training courses and, and, and pull that into a book that, that mirrored that. And that that's how it started. It just started as sort of 
chain of consciousness of, of things that we go through on the training course particularly bearing in mind that not everybody would do the same training course so it would always be slightly different depending who was working who was delivering it where it was being done what time of year it was being done and so on and so forth so by capturing the stuff we covered on a, a training course i just thought that would help people to to fill in some of the gaps some of the things that they they may have missed on their course and and just to put things in a bit of context that was how i started but the development was along the lines of actually the people who need a handbook are people who've passed so it's mountain leaders who perhaps should have a handbook yes it probably needs to be an aid memoir of the training course and fill in the gaps that people did on other training courses that they didn't do on theirs maybe some of the things that hadn't been thought about or hadn't been fit in or but you know, maybe just forgotten because it's quite an intense week is the the training course and that led into the thought that when you are training to be a mountain leader there's there's a real focus on navigation and and rope work the sort of newer harder skills that people need to learn need to practice need to to develop now the trainers i know will be constantly saying but it's about leadership but it's about environment but it's about working with people and so on and so forth and they will have in their mind the fact that you probably aren't going to be doing much rote work if any after your assessment um, but you've got to be able to navigate perfectly so you come away from the training course with a feeling that you need to practice your navigation you need to practice your rote work and the other stuff's a little bit hard to grasp the leadership environment type stuff so what I wanted to do is draw that bigger picture through through the whole business of working as a mountain leader and put perhaps into context a little bit that navigation because th the fact is once you're qualified and working as a mountain leader, you're not you don't really do much navigation. You don't really do much micro navigation, and particularly you know, okay, if you're teaching, if you're teaching, you might do some, but but most of the time, if you're guiding groups. You're on routes you know and you know getting the map out might be just to show the group where they are that sort of thing i was out i work quite a lot with qualified mountain leaders and more and more now are using the mobile phone using the the packages on there the apps and you know phones are getting reliable we've got waterproof cases and so on and so forth so if you're leading a group then just using your phone just to check your position every now and then seems to be a logical thing to do um so what it does is it gives you more time for the leadership issues it gives you more time to to talk about the environment and it just gives you um more time to to engage with people about the place they're in and about how they're feeling and how they're benefiting so I wanted a book that reflected what it was like to actually be a mountain leader. So so we went on this little journey from capturing the stuff we covered at training, from recognising that mountain leaders do more uh, of that people interaction, those what I call softer skills and, than the navigation skills. And I also wanted to pull in lots of top tips from practising mountain leaders as well. So, hey, it's taken a while. I was hoping to have had the book out maybe a year ago, if I'm honest. Um, I was looking at spring 
2022. But there were various issues, not least COVID. Um, people were producing books like Mad in COVID uh, and Franco was pretty busy. The publisher, Pez de Press, was pretty busy pushing out the quick wins that he could. He edits my book as well, so you know there's quite a bit of toing and froing, and 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 there was this sort of catharsis during the writing period where instead of writing to trainees, I was writing to qualified mountain leaders. So we had to make sure it was like on your training you might have done this, uh, but now you're a mountain leader, you may be thinking about this. So so we're we're aiming at fairly squarely mountain leaders. That doesn't mean it won't be useful to trainees. And of course, the other big thing is, particularly the leadership bit, that's the same for lowland leaders, hill and moorland leaders, and we really want to include them. We've mentioned them on the cover, but because most people are mountain leaders, that, that's the title, the mountain leader, a practical manual. We, we, we wouldn't perhaps sell so many books if it had the title mountain leader, hill and moorland leader, and lowland leader, a practical manual. So I am sorry, and it's full of apologies to hill and moorland leaders and lowland leaders. I, I love working on those courses, and I, I love the work you do. So uh, please, please uh, uh, join in, and maybe one day there'll be enough of you to, to write a text specifically for you. Uh, but So the mountain leader it is, and it is a book of helpful advice for mountain leaders. Could be useful, yeah. Well, it is, it will be useful for trainees, and I think it'll be useful for trainers too because trainers will be able to point out the fact that we're working hard on this particular aspect navigation, rope work. Uh, but yet, you know, when you look at the mountain leader qualification as a whole, a big chunk is about leadership, and a big chunk is about um, the place that you're in and, and sharing the thoughts about that place. So, so that's what we've tried to do. I have put some notes in for trainers and notes in for assessors and they're aimed as much at mountain leaders becoming trainers and assessors and the sort of things they might think about if they are if they are working in those situations. So hopefully they'll be useful and hopefully trainers and assessors will like the book as well. Um, one of the really nice things I'm really pleased with is I put an appeal out for top tips from mountain leaders. So I got mountain leaders, packed in working mountain leaders, to send me in some top tips, and they've done that, and they run through the book, uh, and I think they're a really valuable resource. Something I've done is to try and put practical examples of leadership in. Um, it's quite easy to get bogged down in the, the theoretical models of leadership, and it's quite a difficult conversation to have. So we need to take the characteristics of leadership and turn them into leadership behaviours. So we've got something like 21 leadership behaviours running through the book that will hopefully help people just, just do some of the right things. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that gets received. During the writing of the book, um, there's always a fear that the syllabus would change. And at the outset, what I really wanted to do was for the book to mirror the syllabus I wanted it to go in the same order as the syllabus because hillwalking doesn't do that. It didn't prove possible um, and it was the editor who pointed this out in no uncertain terms that you were ending up with having bits in different places that should be together. So, so it underwent a major tidy up at some point whereby I pulled all those things into 
to where they should be. That was exacerbated by the fact the syllabus changed. It went from, I think, there's seven uh, sections to ten sections, and they changed the order. Um, and I knew, I knew that was coming, and I knew it wouldn't change what was in the book because what the syllabus was doing was trying to catch up with with the real world. So, you know, in the real world, leadership is is a, is, is what you do. You're a mountain leader, and the syllabus didn't quite reflect that. So the modernisation of the syllabus in that sense is is really welcome. And the environmental bit in the mountain leader qualification is now the same in the other two. So they've standardised that across Lone Leader Hill, Moorland Leader. Um, I was also teaching learning skills in there, which, which again is another, it's a tricky one to teach and a tricky one to assess. Um, and it isn't applicable in all contexts of being a mountain leader. So I've put an appendix on teaching and learning, um, which hopefully will just give people some some idea. But uh, we can talk about that more. You can come on a workshop and we can have a little look at leadership, teaching, learning, and, and work through those things with a bit more practicality, if you like. So that left the order of the book, the order of the chapters, a bit askew, shall we say. So I sat and thought about this. I thought, well, hang on a minute. When I run a course, there are certain things I have to do before going out. So I have to see if everybody's got the right kit. I have to see where we're going. I have to think about what we're going to see and if it's legal to go where we're going and how to plan our routes, that sort of thing. So there's a few things you do before you go out. So that's how we started off. Um, we started off talking about kit. We, we talked about navigation and we talked about um, environment before we even go on the hill. On the hill, of course, then that's where your leadership stuff kicks in. So that's when we're talking about leadership uh, and we're talking about hazards. Got quite big sections on those, on those things. And we brought in some quite a few hazards that don't typically get mentioned um, or, or might be mentioned regionally. So, for example, in Scotland, if you're doing your ML training, you might talk about unseasonable snow patches. Um, you probably have to encounter midges at some time of the year. Whereas if you do your training in Wales, you're unlikely to, to talk about unseasonable snow patches. But you do want to know how much snow is too much snow. And um, it, it you can pass your ML without ever talking about midges, which is, is probably not right, really, if it's... a uh, a UK and Ireland qualification. So so that that all that sort of pulls in. So you've got a broad picture across the country and that section of the book is called Being a Mountain Leader. It goes on to talk about expeditions and the joy of wild camping. Um well where you're allowed to and some of the issues around that uh, um camping with groups. One of the other appendix is about mountain leading for trail runners because running quite a few people are doing their ml now for for running so we've we've got a little bit on that i've been greatly helped by alice kerr and kate worthington on that section who, who do that as a job the the background knowledge was interesting as well because you know the syllabus sort of focuses that on BMC and mountain training and I have mentioned the Ramblers Association I think it'd be rude not to and we've put a little bit in tried to dig a bit about history of walking which is quite interesting history of mountaineering is pretty easy but the history of walking is pretty difficult 
I know one of the sections that will um, raise a few eyebrows is I've actually talked about wild swimming and mad gene swimming because it's perfectly possible you're going to have a group up there that do want to go for a swim. And a lot of the time, that clearly is not the right thing to do. But on the other hand, swimming has been something that mountaineers and hill walkers have done for many years. Um, you know, it's mentioned in, in the old textbooks. It's certainly something I know I've done for a long time and I'm not the only one. So a blanket no is, is perhaps not the right answer. So we've done a little bit of work on, on the wild swimming there and, and brought that in, into place. So I guess that's, that's what I wanted to say. Um, the book is aimed at mountain leaders. It's things you need to do before you go on the hill. It's a big section on leadership big section on environment it's going to be a practical handbook that you can dip into and look at for help and support when you need it we've tackled um, gender to some degree we've tackled ethnicity to some degree we've tackled mental health to some degree we've got all sorts of top tips and useful information throughout the book about situations that you might incur as a mountain leader so um well i hope you buy it i hope you find it useful if you go to mycrane.co.uk forward slash shop you'll find the book uh, as i said earlier on in the podcast it's available as an audio file on my patreon page i'd love it if you join the patreon page there's all sorts of other useful stuff on there e-learning and nature notes and, and bonus blogs and, and bonus blo um, podcasts and things like that. So uh, so do have a look at the Patreon page. Most of you, though, will keep it through Facebook and it's Microin Notes from the Hill. Thanks for listening. I uh, look forward to your responses when you get your hands on a copy of The Mountain Leader, A Practical Manual. <laughs>